Hello, everyone. This is Celine, and I'm Adele. Welcome to the Anna Podcast with your host, our mom. She amplifies women by sharing their unique stories to empower a community through the mission and their message. This month's series is a feature on motherhood, and we, we are, are happy, happy to, to introduce, introduce our mom, Sarah Johnson. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and our final episode on what has been an inspiring series on motherhood. Today's episode is one that I have been anxious to share with you since the start of this podcast. And the guest is one of the most brave and inspiring young women that I have ever encountered. Her story hits me deeply every single time I see her living and loving as a mother and a person in this world. Brittany Lagarde is a mother to two children, a loving young wife, and a passionate and successful associate market mentor for Monate Global. Her motherhood story has been characterized by challenge, advocacy, and learning to see each day as a gift in a way that inspires others. As a young mother, she has learned how to experience mothering a child with a terminal illness that currently has no cure, as well as what she calls a typical child. She and her husband, Sam, remain hopeful advocates for a cure and continue to live each day as a gift with their daughter, Sawyer, who they believe will be instrumental in finding a cure. Brittany's story is captivating heart-wrenching, yet inspiring, calming, assured. In this episode, we learn many details about Brittany's motherhood story, as well as ways we might engage with and support the journey she and her husband are on to love Sawyer well and to find a cure. With deep emotion and a firm belief in the mission and Brittany's message, I tenderly hand you Brittany Lagarde's motherhood story. Welcome, Brittany, to the In Awe podcast and our series on motherhood. I am so excited to feature you in this series and to bring my listeners to your story. It's an incredible one. It's a tender one. And I cannot wait to see how this conversation unfolds. And it's just such a great honor to amplify you today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and be able to share just a little bit about our journey and my journey into motherhood and this crazy little life that we have here. (laughs) So Brittany, I didn't warn you about this, but I wanted to share with the listeners just a little bit about how uh, how in the world I got connected with with Brittany. Yeah, it's fun because we share this connection through our husbands. And (laughs) for those of my listeners in education, you'll understand how kind of tender the the connection truly can be. But uh, her husband is one of, it's one of my husband's former students and such a special one, in fact, that the wife of, you know, of the football coach and the teacher knows exactly who, who Sam is. And kind of the cool part too, is that I found that our lives have intersected in ways that to me are very meaningful. And one of them is I got to meet you and you may not remember this, but the first time we ever met face to face was at the beach and (laughs) yes, very pregnant. Yes. Oh man. (laughs) Perfect motherhood. But you know, for me, I was in a a kind of a, a rough spot. Um, just locally going through some disruptive times in the role I was in as a principal, but there's Sam always kind of there as this steady, steady person. And then, and then we interacted, we intersected at church. Um, yeah. We had attended the same church and the crazy part, Brittany is my husband and I were in um, Washington, DC several, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago now. And of all places, we went to Gettysburg, we got off the air, the flight and we headed up to Gettysburg and who do we find in the parking lot, but Sam's dad, it was the weirdest <laughs> Like how is the timing even working? Yes. Oh man. It is such a, it's so funny. I'm a firm believer on, you know, people's lives 
connecting and crossing paths and for a reason and for a purpose. And so it's, it's so awesome to be able to meet you. And your husband was one of Sam's absolute favorite teachers, um, really made an impact on him. And so I, I just love it. I love how we came about to meet. And the other piece is that I don't think I'm, I'm being really genuine here where I feel like this podcast was made for you, Brittany. This is something that I was uh, planted into my heart and Brittany and I have been trying to connect for quite a little while (laughs) and I wanted to have her on the advocacy series, but we just have learned that it's hard to do that. And you'll learn a little bit more about her story now and why, and you'll get that. I'm so grateful that we get to feature you here. So why don't you go ahead and share your turn now, since I took up space. Yeah. Share what, you know, what brought you into motherhood and and some of the, the joys and the trials and the triumphs and Sure. Um, Well, first of all, I never wanted to be a mom. I mean, and I don't say that as, um, as like, it just, I was bitter about it or anything. I mean, I had a great upbringing. I had great parents and um, loved me and all of that. But I wanted to be this like career woman. Um, I wanted to own my own business. My family, all they all like my dad's side of the family own their businesses, um, every single one of them and very successful and all of that. And so that was just kind of ingrained into me that that's what I wanted to do. And so I went to school for business management and, um, primarily to own my business. And I I really wanted to open a coffee shop or, um, something of that nature. I think God just had different plans, obviously. (laughs) So (laughs) my husband and I, Sam, we, we met and had a very quick relationship and four months of dating, we got engaged. And then nine months later, we got married. He always wanted kids. And so, but it really wasn't like a, I mean, it wasn't like a thing where like a deal breaker or whatever he understood. We both understood that we were so young. We got married so young. We're like, he was certain that God would have other plans and like soften my heart. But (laughs) (laughs) so he was not like, oh, she doesn't want kids. I think he could change my mind is basically what he thought. We actually went out to, um, to Seattle to visit some friends that lived out there. They were in the Coast Guard and stationed there. And, um, I loved it out there. I fell in love with just all of it. And I was like, I want to open my coffee shop here. It was just like, we loved it. And so honestly, we got back and we were, we were kind of dreaming and thinking about, Hey, maybe, maybe we could move out there. Um, you know, nothing was holding us back to Wisconsin. We both kind of grew up here, but I mean, we were young, whatever. And so (laughs) then it was very short after that, that I found out that I was pregnant and, um, not to be like, graphical or anything, but we were on birth control, lots of different forms. And so, <laughs> I wanted to prevent it. And God just, yeah, like I said, he just had completely different plans for that. So basically I, um, I found out I was pregnant and I kind of went through this really kind of dark depression because like I said, I didn't really want kids. Um, I was the baby out of five kids. And so I never like babysat or <laughs> I did not know what I was doing. So I was terrified when I found out that I was pregnant, like absolutely terrified. Um, and then of course I was so sick. So, I mean, so sick and definitely not like a rational person at that point in my life. So I was like, 
I just hate my life. It was it was awful. Um, but that kind of passed, and and then I kind of got this like excitement in my heart as my due date kind of drew closer. I was like, oh, I I could actually think of me as maybe being a mom. Like this might be cool, you know. Um, and I actually kind of longed for it, and I so I was excited. Fast forward nine months, I go into labor on my due date, and actually it was kind of special because it was my husband's birthday as well. It was just kind of this perfect day. I had Sawyer and her, yeah, her name was Sawyer Jean. And, um, and I just fell in love the minute I saw her. Um, but simultaneously I had this pit in my stomach, like something was not right. Like I've never been a mom before. I've never given birth before, but something just wasn't right. Um, and the doctors came in and everything was fine. She was a perfect, healthy baby. Um, she was crying. So they're like, she has strong lungs. It's great. You know, whatever. I had lost a lot of blood and they wanted to do like a transfusion on me. And, um, so they, they were like, I really think you need to get some rest. And um, is it okay if Sawyer goes back to the nursery with us? And I said, you know, I don't, I think I was so delusional and out of it that I was like, I can't take care of her right now. I can't nurse. So, and my plan was to, to nurse and all of that. And I'm like, yes, just take her, take her back to the nursery. I need sleep. I'm so out of it. Something just didn't feel right about her because she wouldn't stop crying. Um, and she was kind of like, kind of blowing bubbles out of her mouth and, and, again, all the doctors reassured me, she's fine. She's great. Um, But she just would not be calmed down and settled. And so in the pit of my stomach, I just knew right there, I was like something, I don't know about this. They took her back to the nursery. I fell asleep. And a couple hours later, we were, I was getting um, woken up and this nurse was shaking me and, or actually it was the doctor. And and she said, "Um, where do you want us to take Sawyer? She's not breathing. That Mm -hmm. helicopter is coming. Um, in like, it'll be here in like 10 minutes. And, um, and I was just like, what are you like, what are you talking about? She's like, would you want us to take her to Marshfield or the cities? I don't even know what you're saying. Like, um, and she's like, well, she's not breathing on her own. And in that moment, I kind of felt like, like it was like, I knew, I, I just, I knew something was wrong. I knew it was all kind of too good to be true. Um, she was flown out to Children's in Minneapolis and, and I had to stay there because they wanted to give me a blood transfusion. I, I refused it because I wanted to go and see her the next day. I wanted to drive down there, which, um, we had a bunch of family and, and the doctor kind of signed off on that. Cause they're like, you know, you're going to be around family. It's going to be okay, whatever. So we went down and saw her and she had every test every test done to her that the doctors could possibly think about. Um, she was intubated for 10 days and um, just could not cut in. She just could not come off oxygen and they have no idea um, what was wrong with her. She stayed there for about two months, I want to say um, in the hospital. And then um, the hospital one day just was like, Hey, we're going to release you guys, but she needs to be on full-time oxygen. So not only am I a new mom, but I get to take this baby home on oxygen and she has to be plugged into the wall essentially. Um, and if she's not, if the power goes out or something goes wrong, I mean, she can't breathe. And so I was like, I can't do this. Like, I was like, you've got to be, I just was not cut out for it. And so the doctor, you know, they reassured me, they gave us all the equipment, whatever. And, and so we did it. We went home. She was fine. We took her back for a checkup. I think it was, 
she was on oxygen for another three months, I think. And then we took her to her took her back to her pulmonologist and they said, he just said, Hey, we're going to take the oxygen off. We're going to monitor her breathing for about an hour. If it's good, you guys can take her home without oxygen. And I was like, um, (laughs) there's no way. Like it was so terrifying. Just, I mean, looking back, I kind of have to laugh about it because, you know, as a mom, you kind of are just running off of adrenaline and you're like, okay, okay. You know, and I'm just literally praying to God that, you know, the whole way through that he would just see us through this and um, that I would be strong enough to to do this and took her off oxygen and she was fine and she can go home now. So I, it was great. I, I thought it was like a miracle because, you know, that's, I mean, it was a miracle. It was, it was awesome. And, but still I had this pit in my stomach that like, they just did not know what was wrong with her still. There was no explanation for it. So um, time kind of went on and she had just some different things that were minor to kind of an outside viewer. Um, A lot of ear infections, a lot of respiratory infections. We had to have swallow studies because when we introduced, you know, typical food, she would aspirate into her lungs. It was just like these random little things that just kind of kept me on my toes. And quite frankly, we kind of wanted we kind of wanted another child because I knew (laughs) this coming from somebody that didn't want kids, but I knew if I had one, I didn't just want one child, but I could not bear to think if this was something that was going to happen again, if I got pregnant again, you know, it was kind of terrorizing to me um, and traumatizing, I guess is the word. Um, So basically I, I continued kind of advocating and, and went to all these different specialists and doctors. I mean, she was tested from everything from cystic fibrosis to Down syndrome. She didn't, she didn't um, look like Down syndrome, but other kind of syndromes, she was also tested for all these different things. And um, the doctors were so perplexed by it. They said, no, she's, she's fine. Everything came back normal. I, in my heart, I knew, I knew something was wrong and I knew it was the time when she was born, when I knew in my heart something was wrong, but everyone was telling me she's fine. She's okay. I have to be her voice and I I can't just let this go. And I probably look like a crazy person. So uh, basically then I went to um, her pulmonologist, went back to her pulmonologist um, and he kind of signed off on it. He said, Hey, listen, you can get pregnant again. Cause by this time we were thinking, we were really thinking, okay, let's, I wanted him kind of closer in age. Let's, let's get this done. (laughs) And so uh, the pulmonologist said, listen, I, he's like, I really have this feeling that this could be, um, a genetic lung disorder. Now there wouldn't be any chance that this other, if you guys had another child, that this other child would have it. Um, I don't know. He just reassured us all these things, um, basically. And so we decided, okay, we're going to get pregnant. And it took me probably a couple months to get pregnant with our second. I went to the geneticist and I said, okay, well, I want to test to see it because Sawyer had this really bad respiratory infection. And I was like, I really, let's just see, because if something, if we could help her, um, you know, because this respiratory, um, 
or this genetic lung disorder that she could potentially have wouldn't affect her life, um, would take her life, he said, it's very manageable. And so I was like, listen, if there is something that could help her not get these infections every other week, that would be awesome. Let's just let's push for that that test to get done Um, because he was pretty positive she had it. So we did that. It turned out our insurance didn't um, approve it. Our insurance approved everything up until this point. And so it's it's so comical to me because I, I just remember being so frustrated with God. I was like, listen, I just need some answers here as a mom. We're finally getting an answer. And now we have this roadblock. What in the world? And so um, basically, I... I know now that that was actually a really amazing thing that our insurance didn't approve this. We went back to the pulmonologist and said, hey, uh, the insurance company won't pay for it. We've done everything we can. Um, what 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 should we do now? And basically, he just said, my hands are tied. I'm going to send you to a geneticist since, um, since this is not a... Um, a pulmonologist thing and maybe the geneticist can you know rewrite it somehow to get the insurance company to pay for it so that was our goal that that was what we were going to do and we have been through the ringer with different doctors and different things and um you know people passing us on to different doctors and stuff just kind of washing <laughs> their hands of us because um because we wanted answers so Anyway, so we go to the geneticist. I swear to you, he took one look at Sawyer and he knew what what the issue was. He knew. Um, so he tells us very politely, he says, listen, we're going to hold off on the genetic lung test. And I was like, oh, brother, I, <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. And he goes, I, I want to kind of complete her file and do some other testing. And the way that he worded it was very... Um, I appreciated it very much so because it didn't make me worry. It didn't, it just was like, okay, yep, I get it. It's protocol. You got to do some other tests, whatever. But now I know that he was testing her for what she ended up having. Um, So basically they did a urine test and some blood tests. And um, then they did like an x-ray of kind of her skeletal makeup and and that kind of thing. And um, he called me about two weeks later and informed me that she has what's called Sanfilippo syndrome, which is a metabolic disorder. So it is the long name of it that no one really knows is mucopolysaccharidosis. And, um, and so it's kind of in the family if you anyone's ever familiar with like hunters or hurler syndrome um it's kind of in that family but san filippo it actually is like childhood alzheimer's so it really affects the brain um more so than the body than where like hunters and hurlers affects more of the body and deformities that way um so anyways, we were so shocked and, um, and, and this is a terminal illness and we were very, I mean, it was just like a gut punch. It, it, we were not expecting that. Um, and here I am six months pregnant now with our son, which there was a one in four chance that, that he could have this. And, right there, I was like, I can't have this baby. I don't, I don't want this. Like right away. I was just like, I don't want this baby. I, I was so shocked and so, um, 
taken aback by it and didn't know how to process it. And, you know, our little girl, she was learning how to talk and walk and all the things. Um, and basically what, what Alzheimer's does, like in, if you think of it as in an elderly person, um, it kind of makes them become an infant. Again, they can't talk, they can't walk, they can't. Um, it's more than just like, you know, forgetting who they are and stuff. It really affects cognitively their entire brain. And so um, that's kind of what happens, but kind of worse in a child because then it they start having seizures and just different, different things and their brain eventually shuts down. So it's a really, it's a really, really um, hard and hard diagnosis, hard pill to swallow. Like it's every day, you know, this is every day. It's kind of processing the diagnosis, but, um, we had, so we had my son and I got him tested two days after he was born and he does not have it. Praise God. Again, I didn't know how I would ever make it through if, you know, two kids had it, whatever. Um, I guess this whole, our whole journey and like in vocalizing my whole story kind of out is you're always looking back to see like even, even the littlest, tiniest things of like how God has been faithful in, in our life and in my story and in this whole entire journey that we've been on. Um, And that's kind of what gets us through the the whole, the whole kind of diagnosis and digesting it is that, you know, kind of every step of the way helps us every day to, to process it and to get out of bed and know that like, it's okay. Like even still God is faithful. And so in a long story, that's, that's kind of our story summed up as, as long as that was. Well, there's a lot to share there. And, you know, I, I know that we have, and we entered the story when you shared it with our church and Mm -hmm. it's such a, a unknown you know, disease, it's not something that, first of all, is very common. You could share right. more about that. But then also watching you over the years just very fiercely and vulnerably and authentically share the journey is such a, it's it's so beautiful. And it's watching you hold pain and promise at the same time and putting yourself out there for others to see that is so powerful. (laughs) Obviously Mm -hmm. I have a hard time not getting emotional about it because you're, you know, I can see how you can tell this story, you're living it. And um, Brittany is really great about sharing information about San Filippo and you've, you've kind of found a community of others. Yeah. I just really appreciate how you enter into this space because you're trailblazing. It's not like you, you know, the rest of us that are moms, uh, like you stated, when you're brand new, there's so much that you don't even know and you're young. And yet all of these challenges that you've faced and you continue to courageously share it and gift it with us and Mm -hmm. say that it is such a gift. Uh, Listeners will have to make sure to check in with Brittany and their story, watching you live life out both with Sawyer and how you handle, um, you know, having Zion and wanting to make sure that he doesn't get kind of left behind in the challenges of, of raising a child in the conditions that you're raising Sawyer mm-hmm. is really inspirational. And yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with a typical child. It's so funny to have um, Sawyer and just m- you know, remember the little, the little quirks and different things that I was just like, there's just something different. Um, I would have play dates with my friends and, um, their kids. And I'm like, well, Sawyer doesn't 
do that or Sawyer does this or oh boy you know just like different little things and so now it's funny now having a typical child and raising him it's like uh, oh they're they're supposed to talk now oh this is normal like he's obsessed with his ABCs and counting and he's two and so um there's just a lot of things that it's it's kind of I'm in this different season of motherhood now um mainly because we, so we actually moved to, we lived in, in Wisconsin in Rice Lake and we, um, didn't, we were so grateful for the, the school system there. Sawyer's teacher, she went to, um, early childhood and her teacher, we just love, love, love. And I could get emotional about it because she made such a difference in my life, walked this, this new kind of territory with me and, and just amazing, amazing school district. And that, that's definitely not why we left, but we needed Sawyer. We saw her, we were noticing that she was losing quite a bit and we, something more, we need something more for her because these kids with San Filippo syndrome, um, it's, it's not like a typical kid where you give, like teach a little, they learn a little, teach a little, like, no, these kids need everything. Like they need learn a ton (laughs) and they basically need it kind of all compacted in a couple years so that they can keep what skills that they do have for a longer period of time. But it's really hard in a typical kind of educational system where that's not really the norm. Um, and so Rice Lake School District did the did the best they could with, with Sawyer and her condition. And, and the problem was is um, she was kind of getting to the point it, since she was getting older, when she was like four and a half, she was getting to this point where she wasn't really retaining a ton. And so it was hard to meet some goals on her IEP and different things because um, – she, her brain was declining and she qualified for ABA therapy, which is um, actually, she got an autism diagnosis to qualify for that because autism and San Filippo, they ha- they're very similar um, with how the disease progresses itself and manifests itself, um, but yet very different. But we could get that, um, that diagnosis, that autism diagnosis. So we were very grateful for that to be able to get these services. So we found out that she she qualified. So they were going to come and she qualified for 35 hours in home per week um, of very intensive therapies. And so we were so excited and blessed about that. And we were still going to keep her into school part time. Um, and this was back in Rice Lake. And then um, WEEP called me, Wisconsin early autism project called me and they said, listen, we don't have any therapists available for that many hours. We could do four hours a week. Yeah, we can't do that. I mean, you know, time is running out for her um, and her skills and that kind of thing. And so we, I just decided, I told my, my husband came home from work and, um, and he loved his job in Rice Lake. And, and he, I was like, listen, we're moving to Minnesota. Like we have to move to Minnesota. There's no other option here. Um, we, we can't get service here for her and she needs these services. And so he was on board with it and he found a job in the same kind of field. And, um, and it kind of all worked out because now he, he absolutely loves his job here in Minnesota. But, um, so 
we didn't know quite how we were going to do it because um, we had only lived in our house for three years that we had bought. And so we didn't have a ton of equity in and, and all of that. But just how kind of God worked through it, through, again, you know, being faithful in every little single step, um, there were definitely challenges throughout the way. But our house sold in a matter of months. And um and here we are now we're in Minnesota and she actually goes. So this is much better because she goes to a center instead of it at our house. Cause that was something that I was like, our whole life is going to change. You know, we're going to have therapists in and out of our home. Um, and then with Zion too, it just like, I didn't know how that would kind of work. And so now thankfully we get to take her um, nine to five Monday through Friday to a center where she gets the ABA, um, therapy plus she gets to be with her peers and so um it's just been such a blessing and um literally the best thing that i could have ever asked for i will say too um i I didn't mention this but this is a large part of our story so right after sawyer got diagnosed she actually got into um she was the sixth person in the world to get into this clinical um trial in columbus ohio and um that was that was huge for us. It was kind of what we needed because we hung on to that hope that that would be a cure. Um, because like I said, there is no cure for San Filippo, but, um, we held really strongly that that would either be a cure or prolong her skills or prolong her life. Um, we don't know really any of the outcomes. She actually just, it was a two year study. So she just completed it this spring. We have no idea. They don't really give us the the data, but, um, but like you said, if they, if, your listeners want to follow um, our journey and stuff, we we definitely give updates on the trial and the study because it was something that back then we really needed that, you know, when you, when you get that diagnosis and then all of a sudden it was, it was like, oh, but there is hope. And, and so we were so excited about that, that she, I mean, there was a intensive um, criteria to be included in the study and and Sawyer made it and it was just this very um amazing opportunity and so I can't really say like oh is it working or not I mean we don't know I I can say that we do see the disease progressing in her even still who knows how it's going to play out kind of in the long run and the the really awesome and amazing thing is we do a lot of advocacy work for our foundation and here San Filippo Foundation and and we try to get clinical trials up and running in this and and obviously more awareness spread for this um, because we do know that there is such a frustrating thing because we do know that there is a capability of a cure out there. I mean, it's 2019, you know, there's, there's definitely medical advances and we, it, we do feel like there is some things kind of on the horizon that could be um, in Sawyer's lifetime. I'm not sure. And being that she was treated in a trial and that kind of thing, I don't, I don't know what the future holds, um, but we still really do hold on to that hope because, um, you know, we're so thankful to be a part of that. So so that even kids after Sawyer that struggle with this, we've met, like you said, we've met so many families and have been in this community now for three years now. And so it's been such a a blessing to us, all these families that we've met along the way. And, um, you know, if Sawyer can be a part of finding a cure, like that would mean so much to us. Also kind of what's getting us through too is, is just 
spreading awareness and, and finding a cure because I mean ultimately I think I think the only thing that is holding back a lot of these rare diseases and finding cures is financials and the therapies now that she's getting and that kind of thing um so we're really we're really grateful and we're really grateful to be where we're at um here in Minnesota there's so many more opportunities and options for her as far as even just day-to-day things more parks and indoor things and um she needs a lot of stimulation and so um you know we do we're kind of always on the go and we're always taking her and um, to places and every day is just kind of a gift for us and for her. It's, it's good. Well, thank you for, you know, sharing that extra information about the yeah. trial and we'll be sure to link up the, the Cure San Filippo, San Filippo yeah. site and everything so people can look at that. And I also want to make sure that we get in. I know a huge part of the risk and the blessing that you shared with the rest of us and with the world has been finances. I mean, as we listen yeah. to your story about insurance companies not taking claims and all of that. And, and considering how you're, you know, you're shifting, we all know uh, all of us that are listening can understand that that would be a challenge with a job. I mean, how do you maintain a job and all of that? So would you right. share the, the blessing that you found and yeah, right back to that business idea too, which is kind of, yeah, yeah. it's been a, it's been full circle really truly has. It's so funny because God, I really do feel like he knows the desires of our hearts. And so through all of this, basically it kind of started, I mean, right after the diagnosis, it kind of flips your world upside down. And I was like, I don't even care about one single thing. I mean, we were going out and like doing different things because it just, bills are always going to be there. Um, Our financial struggles and woes and our debt, it's just, it's always going to be there and looming over us. And I was just like, I don't even, I don't even care. Um, I want to give this girl the best life possible. So basically, um, you know, that's kind of how we dealt with the, the diagnosis at first. I'm not saying like we ran off to, <laughs> to Disneyland or anything, but um, we did we did a lot more outside of our means um, right when, when we found out the diagnosis. We had to live actually in Ohio for about two months. Um, and I was working at a salon as a receptionist and I loved it. They, these people were, it's a hometown, small hometown um, salon. They were my absolute family loved them um, so much. And my friend that owned the salon, she was also my boss. She understood completely. She had some medical complications with her son as well. So she she understood, no questions asked. So I was very blessed about that. But um, that being said, I obviously couldn't get paid all the time that I had to take off. And so I lived in, in Ohio for two months. We didn't really know how we were going to make our house payment because we had just moved into this house. And so when we got back from our from our from Sawyer's treatment um, from Ohio, moved back home, and um, we had this big old fundraiser. It was amazing, such a blessing uh, for us to kind of catch up on some things. But um, I have to say, we had never really fully caught up on it be- on all the things because it was so far behind. We were so far behind. I mean, just on everything. And and like I said, it's like as a mom, you would do anything to sure your child is okay. So I, I, I guess finances was not really a thing. Well, then um, 
after after all the excitement of the trial and after things kind of settled down and the dust settled, I was like, oh boy, we're in real trouble here. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. So um, our, our house was kind of on the verge of getting into foreclosure and I didn't know. I didn't know what we were going to do. Um, so I was I went back to work at the salon after after I came back from Ohio and my friend the salon owner had introduced me to this new company that she was going to bring into the salon she loved these products their hair products they're these like anti-aging naturally based all the things hair products now I'm not even though people are it's so funny because I worked in a salon but I mean I folded towels I answered the phone okay like I did not I got a haircut maybe once a year even though I worked there um I was not hair savvy. I knew how to curl my hair and make it straight. Like that's it. Um, and so I didn't, I guess I didn't even really care. Honestly, I didn't use salon products until I worked at the salon and I was like, okay, well, um, I guess I get these discounted, so I'll use them. <laughs> and so anyway, she brought in this sale that to say she brings in this line and I was like, she was like, Brittany, this is an amazing opportunity. Like it's once in a lifetime opportunity. I think you really should get on board with selling these products. And I'm like, okay, I, first of all, and I will say this, it, I feel awful saying it now, but I hated anything that was direct sales. Oh my goodness. I was so anti-direct sales and I would get so mad at my friends that would start up these companies and, um, and, you know, I'd watch them kind of fail or fizzle out, not even fail, just kind of, you know, quit after a while. And I just, like, I just didn't like the whole business model at all. So anyway, she, she's like, can you just do it? And I, so I kind of like ghosted her for a couple of days. And then it was kind of <laughs> the end of the month. I was like, no, mm-mm. Um, it was kind of the end of the month. And she's like, Brittany, I am going to put this product pack because you can come into this business by just buying this product pack. She's like, I am going to put this product pack. Um, I think at the time it was $2.99. She's like, I'm going to put it on my credit card and I'm going to send this product pack to your house. And you, when you make your money back from selling these products, you can pay me back. And I about had a panic attack because I don't like borrowing money from people, first of all. And I knew in the back of my mind, I could never pay her back. We were going into foreclosure. Like this was not going to happen. Oh my word. I was so mad at her. And so she's like, I'm trying to meet this goal. I'm just, we're going to do this. Okay. And I'm so glad that she gave me that push too, that I kind of needed, um, because it really was the catalyst that kind of changed our financial state. Um, because in two weeks I was able to, to make back the money and then some, um, so I paid her back. And then we also, um, got to pay some of these bills off that were just like looming over our head and insane. Like it's such a, it was such an insane opportunity. Um, and really helped me kind of get out of bed in the morning, you know, and it's so funny to me because it's like, it's just shampoo. I mean, we all use it. It's nothing, it's nothing spectacular. I'm not like super, like I said, I'm not super passionate about hair or anything like that. Um, but 
it was something where it was something that I could control. You know what I mean? It was something that I could get out of bed every day, share these products with somebody. They, I could give them a solution to, you know, their hair needs. Let's say, oh, my hair fell out from postpartum or um, this or that or whatever. I had helped this girl that went through chemo and actually got such a amazing, developed a, an amazing friendship and connection through her that I wouldn't have. And, and it was like, I was actually doing something in the in the world besides sitting here depressed about this diagnosis. And um, because there was a period of time where I literally couldn't get out of bed. I just, I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to take care of her or Zion. And, you know, Sam had to take time off of work because I just was so paralyzed by this depression and anxiety. So, um, so Monate is the company that I work for. And it is very, it's been such a catalyst for us. It actually helped us move to Minnesota. Um, there was no way that I was able to, would have been able to quit my job. Um, I think I quit my job actually, which I feel bad because it was like my boss introduced me to this and now I'm like, hey, see ya. <laughs> but um, part of that piece was childcare. No one would, no one in the city of Rice Lake or um, I was willing to even drive, you know, 30 minutes from Rice Lake was able to care for Sawyer because of her significant needs. And so um, so I, I didn't really have a choice at the time. So I'm very thankful for the company. And I can definitely say that, you know, direct sales isn't something that it's, it's gross and scammy and whatever. It's, it's honestly helps people like me that could never have a nine to five job, um, could never, never work typically, like you said, you know, never work like a typical person. So um, it's done. Um, it's, and I have to mention this because it's done amazing thing for Sawyer's hair. Um, she has, so San Filippo kind of disrupts everything in the body, um, including the hair. And so her hair is just like dead. It's like, it's, we always joke, it's like coarse horse hair and straw kind of. Um, but these products have totally transformed her hair. They're shy. It's so funny. Our last um, doctor's appointment for the trial in April, the doctor was like, oh, wow, her hair is even looking different. And like, it was just funny to me because I'm like, I think that's my hair products. I don't think that's the trial. <laughs> and he agreed. He's like, oh, wow, I think so. So it just is, it's, it's been so good. It's been so good for me. Um, so good for our family and being able to just live a little bit more freer in this kind of situation. I know so many people that um, even without this diagnosis or this kind of hardship, they they live paycheck to paycheck and and they can't seem to get ahead and, you know, things go wrong that they don't plan for. I mean, you know, their, their car transmission goes out or this or that. And it's like, you know, whether you want like a hundred extra dollars a month or 500 or a thousand or like, you know, career replacement money, there is opportunity in it. So I just, I'm such a, now I'm probably the cliche believer in them, but um, I can't help it. It's just done so much for our family and for me personally developing me. And and like you said, given, given me my desire to own a business. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, and it really is kind of beautiful how it ties so well into that business and motherhood and kind of allowing you, let's not, I mean, let's not gloss it over. Obviously there's challenges right. that remain, but it allows you to be flexible, to be present in this yes. exceptionally precious time. And we know as, as mothers, um, 
how fleeting childhood can be and right. your story just really kind of, it just touches my heart so much because I think about, um, you know, we're never, none of us are promised tomorrow, but no. you imagine, you know, mothering through this, um, question mark that's just kind of always hanging over your shoulders. And I just mm-hmm. pour into you, Brittany, and say how inspiring you are and how, um, what a model you are for the rest of us to just bravely, you know, carry forward our motherhood story while, you know, not releasing ourselves to despair, though it'd be so easy to do, but just thank you so much for being willing to be right out front with all of it because you're instructing us. And there's so much of a mission in every word that you say. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate being able to share. Uh, it helps me uh, to be able to process kind of what's going on. And and as I kind of talk through a lot of it, you know, I, I feel like God's speaking to me. So, and I always just say, you know, if I could just help people know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And that like God is, is faithful. That's that's just kind of been my, my mission, even though it it is kind of a cliche to thing like say is, Oh God is so faithful. Um, but I don't even really have the words to express, you know, what he's done for us, even in the midst of this. And so, yeah, I am so happy to share. I'm so glad you asked me to be on this. (laughs) Well, Brittany, thank you so much for taking time away um, from your very important, you know, daily life to provide this uh, inspiring interview for my listeners. And I just can't wait until they get your uh, story. So thank you for sharing it on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I could have spoken with that young woman literally for hours. Her story is so impacting, and I want to make sure that you are able to connect with her. So I did go ahead and link every way to get a hold of her, to read more about Brittany, her family, about Sawyer. And also, I went ahead and linked ways that you could support both the Cure San Filippo Foundation and Brittany's business if you are interested in looking at the products that she is selling. Thank you so much for being a part of this motherhood series and for sharing Brittany's story as widely as you possibly can so that the mission and her message can be heard as by as many as possible. Remember to share it and hashtag in awe to rise.